Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins. I am Sam Marcu, and he, well, he's the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about none other than the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Colon. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? What's that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm live. Hey, Sam. Doing good, buddy. How are you? I am doing all right. I uh, We've got a lot to talk about on this episode of Welcome to Perfectville, including uh, a, a tiny little mistake, a little error I had in the last episode of Perfectville, which I think went unnoticed, Chris. I don't think you got any uh, flack. I certainly didn't get any feedback from anybody about this. So uh, other than that little tiny snafu, every now and again, we make an error. Uh, I'm doing just fine. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got, it's funny that you mentioned that I got a, I was grilling out in my back patio and um, got a notification on my phone. I look at my phone and it says, Dan Marino sent you a DM on Twitter. I freaked out. I was like, we made it. Here we go. The man has messaged me and I um, opened up the phone. I like throw the spatula down. I'm wearing gloves, the nine pull out the phone and it was dad Marino. and uh it was him private messaging me very nicely uh private messaging me and not doing it publicly like everyone else did uh pointing out our mistake so (laughs) thanks for the slight heart attack dad marino uh but i appreciate you also not calling us out like uh, the cowards everybody else is yeah, the cowards across Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, as well as iTunes or uh, Apple Music or whatever it is now. Getting filleted here, Chris, for just a tiny misspeaking of a guy's name. All I did was say a guy signed with us when he really signed with another team. That I'm never happens. That Look, never it, happens. I once told everybody that Nate Jerry was a draft pick for the Miami Dolphins, and you were like, actually, I think the Eagles drafted him. He ended up winning a Super Bowl. So, you know, I don't know. But uh All I know is that I made a mistake. We're going to talk all about that. But before we talk about the problems that Sam Marcoux brings to the town of Perfectville, let's talk about the solutions to everybody else's problems come one week from tonight, Chris, because I announced it on Twitter. I've announced it on YouTube. I've announced it on Facebook. And the reason why I announced it on all three of those social media platforms is because you, Christopher Cullen, and me, Sam Marcoux, and the entire town of Perfectville will be live doing a live stream broadcast of the welcome to perfectville show on day one of the draft night uh sam i i I hate to be that guy but at least i caught it this time in two weeks we'll be live my friend next week is not the 29th of april and i know everybody's screaming and going crazy right now but i just had had to fix it after you just spoke about making a mistake i was not going to let it get to the toxicity of Perfectville. It is two weeks from tonight, my friend, and uh, just wanted to fix you. Go on ahead. Listen, asshole, you think I'm going to edit this tonight and put this out tomorrow? It's going to take me a week to get this done. I know exactly what I was doing with that. This is going to be out a week from when we record right now, which would be a week later when we're talking about the live stream. You just blew it. Oh, uh, shit. You don't call me the doctor for nothing. <laughs> doctor downer right over there uh no you're absolutely right chris and uh, i appreciate the edit because you're right i was actually thinking for whatever reason that the draft is next week because i'm so excited it's actually two weeks away uh mark your calendars if you have already scribble it out and go down a week but april 29th is that correct chris uh check my notes yep you're good man april 29th chris Cullen, sam marcu welcome to perfectville live on facebook Live on Twitter, live on YouTube, live streaming the entire first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. Miami Dolphins right now currently have two draft picks. We've talked all about it on this show ad nauseum, as has every other citizen of Perfectville and Miami Dolphin that's out there. But we got so many different things happening during the draft, Chris. We've got the Jets draft, and we got the Patriots draft, and we got the Bills 
I think watching everybody else draft, there's so many things that are going on that you and I are going to be there live. We're going to get your reactions to whoever it is the Miami Dolphins pick or don't pick. We're going to see what the Jets do when they blow it with the number two overall pick. We're going to talk a little (laughs) bit more about that later on this episode. And it's not just you and I, Chris. We've got Kabir Singh, comedian Kabir Singh, writer and actor on Family Guy. You've seen him on Comedy Central. He's got some big things coming up. If you don't know who Kabir Singh is, you will by the end of this year. Trust me when I tell you that. We've got We've got uh, Patch Vibes. Everybody knows Patch Vibes. If you're a Miami Dolphin or a Miami Heat fan, you know who Patch Vibes is. They have the swaggiest of swag coming out of their group there with their T-shirts and their hats and their patches. They're providing all kinds of contest swag and prizes because we're going to have ourselves a little contest as well, Chris. If you can get both Miami Dolphins draft picks correct, you will be entered into the draft pick to win fabulous, fabulous prizes from Patch Fives. We'll be giving it away during the live stream. Kabir Singh, uh, we're going to have Patch Fives there. We're going to have Seriously Savak, Savach. I still don't know how to say his name, and we've been working with him for over a year, but one of the best personalities when it comes to Miami Dolphins Twitter. He's going to be joining us throughout the night. Uh, we have some other surprise guests, Chris, that I can't quite talk about yet that are going to join us as well. I'm looking forward to it, Chris. We do this every single year in some shape or form, and I think this is going to be the biggest one yet in two weeks. Yes, two weeks on April 29th. Two-time Hall of Famer, two weeks from tonight, the NFL Draft. Sam, we have progressed so much on this show, it's unbelievable. We went from like me recording on Apple Recordings and sending it to you to cut it, to post it, uh, my reaction. Then we have, which hilariously started with what Laramie Tunzel and me shitting all over it. And here we are years later and we have all these draft picks and this draft night's going to be so exciting, most likely and in the future as well, due to that pick <laughs> being traded for more. Then we have, we fast forward, there's me with the iPad hanging up on like a cookie cutter box in my garage. It's just like half ass on Instagram to this, which I feel, it feels like a spectacle to me compared to all those things live with multiple guests, the entire first round, um, no holds bars. You can come on and chat with us, send us questions. We can post it up on the screen. Like it is like a big effing deal, dude. And I love the draft. Like put it this way. I got a new job promotion within the same company. The first thing I did was put in PTO for April 30th, because I take that Friday off every year because the NFL draft to me, is uh, right up there with week one of the NFL season. Like it's excitement. It's new players joining the team. You start thinking about things. Guys create them on Madden. Uh, We think about fantasy ramifications. It's going to be a fucking blowout. And I can't wait, dude. I'm super stoked about this. This is by far the biggest uh, extravaganza that we've ever put on. We've done live events at comedy shows. Uh, we've done you know, live streaming on some level when it comes to the draft in the past. Uh, obviously, everything that we do week in and week out during the season. And this is so funny, Chris. I mean, if you ever want to get kicked right square in the nuts, I was talking to Travis Wingfield. Yes, that Travis Wingfield. And I go, hey, man, guess what we're doing for the NFL draft night one? And I tell him everything. He's like, oh, that's awesome. I'm like, yeah, what are you doing? He's like hosting the draft party at Hard Rock Stadium. And I was like, oh. Well, cool. Cool. Enjoy that, Travis. I'm sure you'll have no fun at all talking to former and current and future players of the Miami Dolphins and getting paid for it. That sounds so bad. I don't even know why you would torture yourself like that, Travis. I mean, when... What an idiot. Fucking dummy. But that aside, that's Travis's problem. That's not Chris's problem. That's not my problem. That's not any of your problem because you're going to join us on the live stream. Like I said, find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, find us on YouTube. Join us that night. You'll see our reactions in real time. You'll see your reactions in real time. And as Chris said, if you leave a comment, you ask us a question, it pops right on the stream and everyone gets to see everything that you want to tell us. You can swear at us if you want. You can make fun of us for all the mistakes that we've made over the years if you want. Or you can just celebrate everything that the Miami Dolphins are doing here in the real time because they seem to be kicking ass in just about every aspect when it comes to the offseason, Chris. But like we talked about already, the Miami Dolphins are not really the topic du jour for this podcast. We're actually talking about everybody else. Know thine enemy. We're going to be talking about the New England Patriots, New York Jets, and Buffalo Bills, all wrapped into one episode, Chris. Why? Because I can't handle talking about those teams for more than one week. Out of the entire year on our podcast. And we have obviously nothing else to talk about because we're two weeks away from the NFL draft. Well, we diagnosed just about everything you could possibly diagnose when it comes to the Miami Dolphins and just everything they've done in the offseason, last season, going forward into the new season. Uh, but we do need to understand what the Bills, the Jets, and the Patriots are up to because we place them, we, we face them twice a year still. Even in a 17-game season, they are the majority 
of our games, Chris, the AFC East. And as you know, and I know, if you can't beat the teams in your division, you can't go to the playoffs. That's pretty much the math. It's almost formulaic at this point. It's almost science, quite frankly. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about it. And I figured we should talk about the New England Patriots first here, Chris. So here's what we're going to do. I can only stomach the New England Patriots, Buffalo Bills, and the New York Jets for so long. So I'm actually going to put 15 minutes on the timer, as you see right here. And this is all we're going to give them because this is all we really need to do. We're going to talk to the, about the New England Patriots for 15 minutes, starting right now, Chris, and I'm going to go ahead and start and tie this into the mistake that we just alluded to in just a little while ago. The New England Patriots went on a spending spree after going seven and nine in the 2020 season there, Chris. They went seven and nine without Tom Brady with Cam Newton. That was the replacement at quarterback. It was almost like a giant experiment to me there, Chris. They wanted to see could they win with the same amount of cast of characters and players that they had minus Tom Brady or was it really all about Tom Brady? And as it turned out, Chris, it seems like it was mainly about Tom Brady. Because if you look at what the New England Patriots did this offseason, starting with Lawrence Guy. Yes, Lawrence Guy, the guy that you think is on the Miami Dolphins, because that's what I told you last week. But he's not on the Miami Dolphins. He visited the Miami Dolphins, and then he went back to the New England Patriots at 31 years old and signed back with the New England Patriots. John Jenkins is the guy who signed with the Miami <laughs> Dolphins, also 31 years old. Don't ask me why I had that, other than I think my research Search Chris was a uh, 31 year old signs with dolphins. And the first thing to pop up was Lawrence guy. So I blame the internet. It's not even my fault. It's this big conspiracy about the new England Patriots being at the top of every single Google list, even when you type in Miami dolphins, but I digress. There it is. There's the answer to my issue. But Lawrence Guy is not the only person that they signed here, Chris. They signed some big-time talent on both offense and defense. Hunter Henry, tight end for the Los Angeles Chargers. Jonu Smith, who just had a phenomenal season with the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Nelson Aguilar, who had a pretty good season with the Las Vegas Raiders last year. Matt Judon, linebacker, formerly of the Baltimore Ravens, now on the New England Patriots. Trent Brown traded from the Las Vegas Raiders to the New England Patriots, and so much more here, Chris. But, I mean, just that talent alone that you see, and that's not it. You also had former Finns, Kyle Vannoy. You had former Finn, Raekwon McMillan, former Finn, Ted Karras, and former Finn, Devon Godshall, all leaving Miami on some level. I know Raekwon was, was in between there, um, and going to the New England Patriots. They did this all in the course of about two days, Chris. They went on a madhouse spending spree trying to collect talent around Cam Newton and on the defensive side of the ball so they could play better on defense as well. What do you make of what the New England Patriots did this offseason? Sorry, Sam, I'm just... <clears throat> Is that me? I, I smell something. Mm, what do you smell? Mm. I thought at first it was new detergent. But as you're speaking, I realized it was desperation by Bill Belichick because that's exactly what this smells like. You go out and yeah, you have a lot of money. <laughs> Two years ago, Tom Brady was like hitting the table. Will you fucking get me some talent? And they're like, no, you're Tom Brady. Do it yourself, asshole. And he went, fuck you. I'm going to Tampa where it's hot. And I'm going to go win a Super Bowl with talent around me. And uh, New England went, fine, we'll do it with Cam Newton and fucking not, not Najee Harris, Nikhil Harry, Perry, Katie Perry, whatever the hell his name is. And they did not. They did not do that. They did not win a lot of games. And um, Bill Belichick went, fuck, Tom Brady won a Super Bowl without me the first year. I need to get people on this team. I don't care what it takes. If it's against our mold of how we normally do things, uh, Kraft even came out and said, qu like, quote, we used to sit in rooms and laugh as other teams did this. And now we're doing it. This has to work, Sam. Like I, it's one of those things. I uh, was texting one of my buddies and I might have texted you as well. Cause you're my buddy. And um, I said, you know, this smells like to me. And again, my nose is just Scooby-Doo at this moment. Um, this smells like Bill Belichick has like a three-year plan and he's out win or lose. He's done. And he's not thinking of the future of the franchise. He's just loading up cap money to like two tight ends and a pass rusher. That was good. You know, Judon's good. Like it's going to be, uh, him back with Van Noy and then God Chow as well. That worries me as a Dolphins fan, uh, for them having a better defense, but they were really bad last year. Like not even close and cam newton didn't play that well and they're kind of putting all their eggs in that basket something leaked today sam and i'm going to bring this up since we're talking about the Patriots, and we got 15 minutes and that's too long i'd hate talking about them mac jones 
in 2012. If you haven't seen, have you seen this? I have not. All right. So somebody uncovered Mac Jones sister's tweet from 2012 of what appears to be, she tagged him in it. Mac Jones at, if I do the math correctly, 14 years old, wearing an entire, you know, those skin suits, um, but it's red, white, and blue with a gigantic Obama mask, fake dreadlocks underneath, and a sash that comes across that says, no Obama. And he's getting a lot of shit for it. And that smells a lot like a leak from an intern up in Massachusetts, my friend. That's all I got to say about that. Well, look, I'm not here to judge Mac Jones, but I am shocked that the quarterback for Alabama <laughs> has something like that in his past. And I'll just leave it like that. Um, but I will say this. Also, Mac Jones, have you seen Mac Jones without his uniform on? I said he's this during the goof. national championship game. I was like, is he, I think he's got his McDonald's snack goodie bag underneath his pads during the national championship. He looked fat. And then a picture came out where he has his shirt off and he's smoking a cigar. And I'm like, that looks like me. It looks like I am playing quarterback for Alabama. Why is that guy going to go in the top 10? But you know what? I digress. Let's not talk about Mac Jones until we actually have to talk about Mac Jones. We're here to talk about the New England Patriots. And I think you're right. I think there's a sense of desperation here. I'm wondering, um, look, only once during the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era, did we really get some insight into is it Bill Belichick or is it Tom Brady? And that was the year that Tom Brady got injured. He tore up his knee and then they had Matt Castle come in. And if you remember correctly, the, the New England Patriots did not make the playoffs that year, but they also went 11 and five with Matt Castle leading the ship. They went 11 and five and missed the playoffs. And at that point I went, this is about Bill Belichick. It has nothing to do with Tom Brady. This guy is a wizard because he just made Matt Castle a household name and a bunch, a bunch of money. But as it turns out, Chris, all these years later, Tom Brady, exactly like you said, went away to the to the to the Buccaneers, uh, got talent, won the Super Bowl, and what's left over for the New England Patriots is Bill Belichick and the same cast of characters that got them to the Super Bowl all those years with Tom Brady, but now without Tom Brady, going seven and nine, having issues with Cam Newton being benched at certain points of the season. Now, granted, they won seven games, and that is actually a tribute to Bill Belichick because when you look at this roster, prior to all the talent that we just talked about, it is absolutely dog shit. It, that's what you're smelling right there is dog shit and desperation. Uh, D&D, baby. But when I look at this, and I know that Bill Belichick is a very good coach and a pretty shrewd GM, I do think there's some desperation there. I think you're 100% correct. I am perplexed that they've decided to hitch their wagon back to Cam Newton for this season. I figured he was a one and done, and they're just going to cut bait and go on with something else. And they still might because they do have some draft picks, especially a high draft pick. Who knows if they're going Mac Jones or not. But looking at this, I don't hate these pickups that they had. They had the money. They spent the money. This, to me, is the Dolphins' way, not the Patriots' way. This is what we did for so many years, and it never seemed to work out. But I look at this. Hunter Henry is a really good tight end. He's great. Andrew Smith is a really good tight end. Um, Nelson Aguilar, you know, maybe not a number one wide receiver, but when I'm looking at what they're doing here, Chris – they're looking like they're loading up for, you know, 12 personnel that they're going to have some running backs by committee like they always do. And they're going to try to figure out how to game plan and scheme around the talent that they have, which is what they've always been really, really good at. The problem that they had last year is they didn't have a lot of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And when I'm looking at this now, even with Julian Edelman retiring, not a Hall of Famer, by the way, um, they have a better team on paper right now than at any point last season, just on offense. And when I look at their defense and I look at Matt Judon coming in as a linebacker, and I look at Kyle Van Oy, who stole money from the Miami Dolphins for a season. And yes, we let him go, goes back to the Patriots and all of a sudden is now just, you know, belly laughs and bear hugs. Uh, Raekwon McMillan, Ted Karras, Devon Godshall. You've got a lot of intel coming in from recent Miami Dolphins players that are going to try to help to game plan on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, for, for, for Bill Belichick as well. So I don't really hate any of these moves, Chris. Um, I kind of hate that Lawrence guy's on the team because I put myself out there last week saying he was on the <laughs> Dolphins for 15 minutes. But that alone, I don't think this team is a 7-19. and 19. Uh, Not if everybody plays the way they play and if they add some people in the draft, which we'll talk about in just a minute. No, I think here um, ties have shift, shifted. That was a one-and-done type one-hit wonder, the seven wins last year. I think New England's back, and it's going to be a dogfight now. It used to be just like you know one giant just stepping on three other teams in the division, which was New England for decades. And now it's going to be Buffalo, 
ahead of all of us. And then there's going to be like that dog fight underneath of us in new England. Um, and I think Bill Belichick did a great job of, uh, ugh, he's, ugh. I almost threw up right there. Are you yeah. all right? <clears throat> okay. Sorry. Bill Belichick, um, did situationally. Okay. Considering the position he was in, let's think if this was us, we'd been thrilled with these free agent signings, right? If we were doing the show right now, half we of signed... these were our free agent signings last season. <laughs> right. And we were thrilled. Go back we and listen. Thrilled. Welcome to perfectville.com. Take a look. But yeah, yeah. You, you bring these guys in Judon for Baltimore. Dude, dude's like the predator. He's a monster. He's a, it's a great, great signing. Um, and then Hunter Henry, uh, just him with Johnny Smith is a uh, one, two punch. You don't need a fucking receiver. You got these two guys in the seams. Guess what else, Sam? I, I think the writing was on the wall when it came to Cam Newton uh, as soon as these free agency signings came in. You know why? As a defensive coordinator uh, and just a fan of football, you, you everybody knows this. Who mostly covers tight ends? Yeah, probably linebackers and safeties. Who spies a quarterback? Uh, linebackers and safeties. Who runs the football very well in the NFL currently and is on the roster for New England? Oh, I was going to say Derrick Henry, but that's not that's not the case. I hope not. <laughs> yeah, it's Cameron <laughs> Newton. It's Cameron Newton from uh, Bly University, Florida University, and Auburn University. It's Cameron Newton. He is their running quarterback, and now all of a sudden you can't spy Cameron Newton because you have two tight end sets coming in. One guy's running a corner. One guy's running down the seam. Uh-oh, there's two linebackers, Fugazi, Fugazi. They're out of the box. Cam Newton doesn't like what he sees. He takes off. No one's there to stop him. This is a great game plan for New England. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And um, I honestly don't hate it at all. It's not his money. It's not their money. Uh, they had to do something different. Tom's gone. And um, I don't hate what they did. I, no, what? I think the game plan is is a solid one. And what you just talked about and having a little bit of that RPO. I mean, we, we talked about that ad nauseum last season about the Miami Dolphins struggling against Cam Newton and quarterbacks like him. Uh, because what you just talked about, Chris, you, you know, if you got two tight ends that can catch the ball and run with the ball after they catch it, most likely as a defensive coordinator, your counter is not to cover them with linebackers, but to bring in a nickel or a dime package. And now you've got smaller defenders out there covering these tight ends. And you've got this physical mismatch between in theory, anyways, between the safety and the tight end. But even if that were all things being created equal, you've now made your defense smaller and you've got a very big athletic quarterback like Cam Newton that can do exactly what you talked about, pull that ball down and run. And if he gets to that second level and you don't have linebackers out there and you've got safeties that are up, you know, on the seam somewhere out on the perimeter, Covering these tight ends, look out! You got a freight train coming, and uh, Cam Newton, for all the things that we say about him, does not uh, shy away from contact. And he actually started playing better towards the end of the season, there, Chris. But all that being said, we still have about two minutes to talk about the New England Patriots. So I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. We've seen what they've done. They spent a ton of money, a lot of desperation to cover up all that dog shit smell that we talked about, but they now have some high draft picks and some draft capital. So where do you think the new England Patriots are going to spend that draft capital in particular in the higher rounds? I mean, what are their needs? Where do you think they're going to be going uh, with the, let's just say that first round pick and possibly the second round pick. For them, I think it's Cam Newton's eventual replacement. It's gotta be quarterback. Um, especially at 15, if Trey Lance falls there, uh Oh, mm-hmm. that worries me a lot. Who else worries me? I, I heard on NFL Network today, both their corners are have one more year left on their deal. If there's the, um, what's it, Fuller? I, I, the, the corner for Virginia Tech, if he's there. It's J.C. Horn. Yeah, Horn, Jason, yeah, yeah. J.C. Horn's there. If um, uh, Asante Samuel Jr., if um, Patrick Sertan gets packed Dallas for some god-awful reason and they do that and they pick one of those guys up, that is just such a Belichick pick. Um, but I totally see them going uh, that way and possibly line uh, or, or, or um, you know, defensive front. If they get that uh, linebacker from Tulane that I like a lot or God, everybody's mocking him to them and it's somebody I like, but I don't know if I want to go 18 with them unless we get, you know, Javante Williams in the uh, second round or uh, Travis Eaton in the second round. If we don't go Najee Harris 18 and we go to this player, I'm okay with it. But man, if they get Micah Parsons, Mm. That guy is a bona fide check under your bed for a monster. That's who he is. If they get him with Bill Belichick's expertise on defense, watch out. 
I do think that they're going to go quarterback. They're going to address quarterback. I don't know if they're going to do it in the first round. That just seems like such an anti-Bill Belichick move, uh, especially so when you look at Tom Brady. I mean, when you look at Tom Brady, he is the poster boy for why you would go to into the sixth round and get yourself, you know, a Hall of Fame quarterback. But to your point, free agency was abnormal for the New England Patriots, so maybe they're going to be a little bit abnormal with their draft picks as well. You know, I, I've seen some mocks where Devontae Smith and some of those guys that are actually attached to the Miami Dolphins have fallen as far down to the New England Patriots, which scares the hell out of me as well. Um, but I just don't know. And the funny thing about this, we only got about 20 seconds left. Thank God. And we can take Thank a break God. from the New England Patriots. You mentioned Patrick Sertan the second somehow falling past Dallas. I have seen probably 3000 mock drafts, Chris, and everybody's got everyone playing, picking somebody else. Other than the Cowboys, the Cowboys in every single mock draft I've had is Patrick Sertan the second at number 10. In fact, I think Jerry Jones has already announced it, even though the first nine picks haven't been officially announced yet. He's not getting passed. And there we are, Chris. We're right at 15 minutes talking about the New England Patriots and everything they've done in this offseason. I feel dirty. I feel gross. How about you? There you go. That came from the uh, heart. You can cut that. I do that, not want uh, that came in after the 15-minute mark. So for all the citizens of Perfectville out there, that is an unofficial comment from the mayor of Perfectville. Please cut, please cut that. I don't, I don't want to get I'm going to go edit that, and then we'll be, uh, we'll be back right after these words to talk about all things Barfalo. This episode of Welcome to Perfectville is brought to you in part by Patch Vibes. Go to patchvibes.com today, and upon checkout, type in the promo code PERFECT and get 20% off of your purchase. That's right. Anything and everything in the Patch Vibes store is now 20% off when you type in the promo code PERFECT at checkout. That's right. Go to patchvibes.com and type in the promo code PERFECT upon checkout and get 20% off of all of your purchases today. And we're back, no longer talking about that terrible team out of Massachusetts. Instead, we're going to talk about the terrible team from Western New York, Chris. The team that I hate the most in all of the NFL. Of course, I'm talking about the Buffalo Bills. My hatred goes all the way back to the 80s and 90s when they tortured me as a child, Chris. They were the roadblock for Dan Marino to get to the Super Bowl virtually every single year. They went through about three decades after that of just horrible, mediocre god-awful football uh but all of a sudden here chris the last couple of years it seemed like they've turned it around the buffalo bills went 13 and 3 last season like just to put it in perspective i think if you go 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 you had a really good season you're a really good football team but it's not until you get to like 12 and 4 13 and 3 or like 14 and 2 that i start to look at that team and go that is a great football team like I, that's where I want my level for the Miami Dolphins to be. Twelve and four is a minimum to be a great football team. The Buffalo Bills went thirteen and three, and two of those wins came against the Miami Dolphins. In fact, they've gotten four wins against Coach Flores ever since Coach Flores came to the Miami Dolphins. This has been the biggest bugaboo for the Miami Dolphins in the Coach Flores era. We can't seem to get past the Buffalo Bills. And we talked about the type of quarterback that Cam Newton is for the New England Patriots. Well, there's a better version of that in Western New York by a guy named Josh Allen, a guy that we made fun of for interceptions and for overthrowing the ball. Somehow put it all together last season, Chris. And part of that, I think, is because he had Stephon Diggs and a very underrated Cole Beasley, as well as a bunch of talented, uh, you know, running back by committee style uh, folks in the backfield and it just a tremendous defense 13 and three uh, most people are looking at this team Chris as one of the upper echelon teams and one of the favorites to be the representative for the AFC in the Super Bowl this upcoming year and of course it happens to be yet another AFC East team that seems like they're starting to put together some sort of dynasty that the Miami Dolphins are going to have to crawl through over and around in order to be successful themselves but I also kind of look at this Chris and go iron sharpens iron if we're ever going to get good and then get to great we're going to have to defeat these monsters and if they're in our backyard then we got to go pull out the sword and kill that monster in the backyard what was your overall impression of the buffalo bills in 2020 they're great i hate to say that they were a great football team like they um would have been 14 and two if it wasn't for the kyler murray hail mary like i mean they were just unbelievable i don't think they lost a game after that by by the way um just josh allen uh, it's one he's one of those like i don't want you to go back and listen to previous episodes of perfect bill when it comes to him, because man, he was just on the same plateau as Sam Darnold for me. Uh, and we we're just shitting all over the guy. And then all of a sudden just, he just snapped and 
get Stefan Diggs, gets a reliable underneath guy and Cole Beasley. And all of a sudden this guy can't miss man. Like he just, you know, he, he got the nerves against Houston the year prior in the playoffs and he's fumbling and doing weird shit and throwing the ball backwards. And you're like, Oh man, the moment's way too big for him. Dude. He's a young guy that played it like fucking Wyoming or some shit. Like it's gonna, it's gonna happen. He's gonna, you know, have some butterflies in his stomach, but he's young. They got talent around him, And Honestly, Sam, he's going to be up there in one of the top echelon paid quarterbacks in a year or two when his contract comes up. Like literally him and Lamar Jackson are going to be pushing for that Dak and Patrick Mahomes money. And of course, he's right here in our division. He is. And like you said, they went out and got him a weapon. When you look at what the Buffalo Bills have done for Josh Allen over the last couple of years, they stuck with him even during his struggles as he transitioned into the big stage of a starting NFL quarterback. They went out and got him Stefan Diggs last season. I mean, how big was that for the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen's development, getting him a weapon? Miami Dolphins fans, I want you to think about this as we start thinking about Tua Tungavailoa and what we need to do for him down in Miami. They went out and got Stefan Diggs. They traded for him. They traded some first round draft picks for him. Money well spent. It got them all the way deep into the playoffs Cole Beasley is one of the most underrated wide receivers uh I mean the guy just catches everything and he's always there I mean he's just always there if you look at his numbers you're like he had how many catches for how many yards are you serious right now yes I'm serious so they have a fantastic one-two punch those two wide receivers right there complement each other so well they have different skill sets they do different they do great things differently and it's perfect for somebody like Josh Allen to have that safety valve when it comes to Cole Beasley and then just monster threat when it comes to Stephon Diggs. And they weren't done there, Chris. When I look at their offseason, they didn't go on the spending spree the way the New England Patriots did. They didn't have to. When you're 13 right. and three, you're not looking to rock the boat. You're just looking to add a couple of oars so you can paddle just a little bit faster. And that's exactly what they did. I mean, they, they added Emmanuel Sanders, who I think might be 74 years old, but he still runs a 4.3540. I mean, the guy is super fast. Um, you add him to an already talented wide receiver room, and that's just you know the cherry on top of, of, of a dessert right there. Um, they they there are no strangers to doing what the New England Patriots did this offseason. They added a couple of former Finns. They got Matt Breida, somebody that we did not use correctly last year. But you have this speed back that now is going to be in the backfield with Zach Moss and a couple of other guys. And holy crap, do they not have a good running back by committee with a different type of skill set? I could see Matt Breida somehow getting 150 yards and two touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins in one of the games next season. And they Oof. weren't done there. Then only did they add Matt Breida. They added Matt Hack, not Hawk, Hack, our former punter who was inconsistent last year and lost his job, but found a job up in Western New York in Buffalo. Uh, be prepared for him to somehow punt from his own end zone and somehow coffin corner it within our own end zone, 96 yards down the field um, that's just what happens when former dolphins come up against the miami dolphins current uh, but what do you think of the offseason here chris seemed like they were adding some pieces and oh by the way not only that but they added a project qb named mitch trubisky the former <laughs> starting quarterback for the chicago bears i mean they cut him a sweetheart deal basically a one-year deal to say hey come here figure out how chicago screwed you up we'll figure out how to fix that and then get you paid somewhere else next season what do you think of this offseason they uh oh I hate to even say this. It's like they've got the um, ability to just be like, Hey Mitch, come on in. And uh, we're going to most likely be up by 30 in a few games. So you get some PT here and uh, get a contract somewhere else. Holy shit. Can you imagine having that just in your back pocket where you're like, we're going to be so good, dude. You want to come here and back up, and, you know, get to play a little bit, uh, you know, games that don't matter because we were winning by a lot and show your stuff. That's what they're going to be able to do. And honestly, what they did is uh, smart. They didn't go out there and go crazy. They didn't go, Oh, we're 13 to three. We got to go get the highest paid free agent. We have to go get Jadavian Clowney. We have to go nuts. I hate how positive we're talking about Buffalo right now, but man, let's be realistic here. They were 13 and three and got better like that. That sucks. They got better and you stole my thunder twice. And it, it, there's a lot of two variants in the show. Um, there two weeks till the draft, two time Hall of Famer, two times you just stole what I was about to talk about. And one was Matt Breida is guaranteed it's April 15th, 2021. I'm calling it now, going to absolutely face fuck us when he plays us twice because Sean McDermott's gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna be like Bill Burr because I look like him. Let's fuck with the fins, and he's gonna run the shit out of him. And then two, Matt Hack is going to call him the vampire because he's gonna cough in corner 
us every single time in that thin air up in Buffalo. It's going to travel farther. It's going to go higher. And everybody on Twitter is going to go, where was this when he was with us? Every, every single person is going to do that. That's going to happen. Buffalo is scary, Sam. Uh, the only thing we have going for us is that they're going to have to put a lot of their salary cap into Josh Allen's contract soon, and they're not going to be able to afford everybody. But right now, while he's on his rookie contract, holy shit, look out. Yeah, and if you look at that culture up there, I mean, they really did do you know turn it around with Sean McDermott and everybody else, and they've stuck to the plan. I'm looking at this and the people they've added, and it's kind of like if I could use a baseball analogy, it's like the Los Angeles Dodgers who just won the World Series in 2020 adding Trevor Bauer. Like they didn't need a seventh starting pitcher, but they could afford it. Why not? I mean, looking at Emmanuel Sanders, looking at, you know, Matt Breida, all these people that, you know, by themselves, who cares? But when you can consider the fact that they're basically shoring up the back end of their roster or the middle of their roster, because the front end of their roster is so damn good. I mean, I didn't even talk about what they did on defense, Chris. They pretty much just brought back all their starters because when you're 13 and three and you've got a good defense, that's what you do. You just keep them and go, we're going to pay you. And by the way, Josh Allen's going to continue to get better in his fourth year. We're really anticipating hitting a Super Bowl either this year or next. I mean, this is the, this is this is one of those years, Chris. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you're looking at this team and saying, if we don't make the Super Bowl, something went wrong. That is the expectation for the Buffalo Bills. 13 and three right now, the top of the AFC East division. This is their time. Uh, a quarterback entering his prime, Stephon Diggs in his prime. This is the type of team that when you look at it and you go, okay, who can beat them? Kansas City Chiefs can beat them. Sure, the Miami Dolphins haven't proven that they can. That's the goal, right, that we can. Uh, and you start looking at how they built this together, and all of a sudden they're adding talent to an already talented roster that knows how to win, and then they have draft picks. We haven't even talked about that. So where do the <laughs> Buffalo Bills go with their top draft picks? I mean, uh, is this a best player available yeah. scenario or do they yeah. have a targeted approach of saying we need a linebacker and we're going to spend and go get the best linebacker that we can get because we have the ability to maybe stretch a little bit to, to fill a need. This is where we want to be. And this is where they are right now where a team is just dangerous, where you're just good. And you're like, Oh, you know what? That guy can, you know, win us some games and change some plays for us. Let's draft him. You're not sitting there like, fuck, we need a left tackle. Fuck. We need a corner. Fuck. We need a quarterback. They're like, We've got all of it. So let's just go and upgrade a current position. That's scary. If someone like Jalen Phillips or Greg Rousseau falls to them, or, um, you know, this, uh, a top safety, that top safety from Oregon, can't think of his name, but Maurice Jones drew loves him. If he falls down there, they just add this talent. Or if they even get like a G, you know, if, if the uh, Bateman from Minnesota is there, the, the, the wide receiver or Tooney from Florida, and they just can add more weapons for Josh Allen, like, holy shit, they can do that. Or they can get the tight end from Miami, Brevin Jordan, something like that. They always get a Miami player and that's the way it goes. And they're in a position right now where they're so good and so stacked and so talented that they literally can just be like, eh, fuck it. That'd be cool to have him on the team and they can draft this great player. And that's scary as a Miami Dolphins fan. And that's where we are striving to be. Yeah. I mean, they have three picks in the first three rounds at number 30, number 61 and number 93. So at the tail end of each of those picks or each of those rounds, but the fact that they even have a first rounder this year tells me that they somehow fleeced the Minnesota Vikings when it comes to Stefan <laughs> Dick, there should be no reason for the, for the Buffalo Bills. They should actually, the NFL should go back in time and say, you know what, this wasn't a fair trade. That pick goes to the Vikings now. Like when Madden to... says, no, 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 no. Like that, that, that's too much. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous that they have the, that, that amount of draft capital. And really they, they have the first round, the second round, third round. They don't have a fourth rounder because that was part of the Stefan Diggs, like a fourth Ooh. rounder on some level. And then they have, you know, a couple of day three picks out there, but you're right. They can sit back and they can just see and invariably every single year, there's a defensive player or an offensive player that falls. And if you're there and you've got an embarrassment of riches and you have all this talent, if you're the Buffalo bills, like you said, you go, Oh, you know what? Maybe we could take Javante Williams at 30 and just ruin all the hopes and dreams, assuming the Miami Dolphins haven't already picked a running back at that point. But now all of a sudden you've got, you know, Javante Williams beating us up from, you know, Buffalo. They could do that. Why? 
Because why not? I mean, sure, they had Zach Moss last season, but they could add Javante Williams and be that much better. Or they could go, look, you know what? We need a, a mauling right guard because, you know, John Feliciano isn't going to be there forever. Great. So-and-so dropped from whatever fucking stupid school. We're going to put him in there as well. I mean, they have that ability to go back and forth. And they have enough draft capital, Chris, that they can actually pair a couple of the picks from this year as well as some picks next year and move up and go get a talented, you know, linebacker or somebody like that. Um, I, I know they've been... Uh, Actually, I think linebacker would be about maybe the only need, so to speak, for the Buffalo Bills. That's where I think they're going to go high in the draft. But you want to be where the Buffalo Bills are right now. Trajectories going up, 13-3. and three, All their good players are under lock, and they've got draft picks. Wow. What a, what a progression for the Buffalo Bills from three years ago to now. Well, just when you thought that we were done suckling the teats of the Buffalo Bills, the utter of the Buffalo, so to speak. I've got one more thing to ruin your day, Sam. Oh, goody. Um, I can't wait. Yeah. And this is what we almost discussed off air before the show started, but I got sick to my stomach. I've been sick. Maybe I've like acid reflux or something. I've been sick this whole episode, but I was sick days ago when I was watching NFL network and they had a certain former bills coach on the show Hmm. named Marv Levy. And guess what? What? I, I mean, this, this sucks for me. He is now the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. He got inducted into the CFL Hall of Fame. So now he is a two-time Hall of Famer just like me. And it takes the just fucking sweet taste of saying that out of my mouth, and it's gone. Fuck you, Marv Levy, you 95-year-old still in great shape and good looking bastard. God damn it. What is this segment been? Well, this segment, we have one minute left and that's where we're going to talk about the fact that we have to come up with a new intro for Chris Golan now, because there's no way we're sharing the two time. Yes. Two time hall of famer with Marv Levy. I mean, we can't have that. We can't have the only guy associated with be a two-time Hall of Famer not be just Chris Cullen, but Marv Levy. The CFL, first of all, I didn't realize the CFL was still around. Second of all, Marv Levy's been in the NFL since before the letter N was even invented. So when did he have time to go to the CFL? I mean, unless they're just putting him in because of their proximity to Toronto, they're like, oh, Buffalo is pretty much right there. You can like throw a football from Jim Kelly and land it in the Toronto Argonauts Stadium. I didn't realize Jim Kelly was that big of a person when it came to the CFL, but I mean, I guess congratulations to the old man, the old rival, old bitter rival to our Don Shula. Uh, I you picture don't... him in his starter jacket and his yeah. stupid hat. That's too big with the tag still on it. Cause he's such a fucking boomer, even in the nineties. Like that guy sucks. I hate Marv Levy. God he mows his lawn with a push mower, you know, like that's the kind of guy out there. Yeah. Yeah, like razor blades, like the old flops with ones. socks. I mean, just he, he like th- smokes with like a pipe, like a pipe tobacco. He calls yeah. it tobacco. Well, it's- he could be a two time Hall of Famer in the NFL and the CFL, but he's a four time, yes, four time, yes, yeah. four time, yes, <laughs> four time loser in the Super Bowl because the man never got him there. Uh, although the current team looks pretty damn scary and maybe can make that happen. So. <laughs> That was 15 minutes on the Buffalo Bills there, everybody. We're, uh, we're going to go pay some bills one last time, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about a little team, a very tiny team, called the J-E-T-S. Oh. Jets. 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 Sucks, sucks, sucks. We'll be back right after these words. Citizens of Perfectville, it is Sam Marku. It is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer Chris Colon here to talk about Amazon.com. And I know you're rolling your eyes right now because you heard this commercial before, but you know what? It bears repeating. Amazon.com is a trillion-dollar business. Why? Because they have everything you could possibly want there. You need a new Miami Dolphins jersey? They got it. You need a new Miami Dolphins hat? They got it. You need a New England Patriots toilet bowl to crap in? They got it. They have everything. And you can get everything at Amazon.com by clicking on the link on WelcomeToPerfectBill.com. Yeah, it's true. Just go to our site, WelcomeToPerfectBill.com, and when you're done listening to this podcast, go ahead and click the link on the right-hand side that says Amazon. Why? Because it'll take you to Amazon.com where you can shop for all those items I was just talking about. And you can do it with no hidden charges or any extra fees at all. That's right, just your normal Amazon.com shopping experience. But by doing it by clicking on the link on our website, WelcomeToPerfectBill.com, you throw a couple of extra dollars to the town of Perfectville. keeps the lights on. You understand. Anyway, Amazon.com by way of WelcomeToPerfectBill.com. Do it and do it now. Fins up, citizens of Perfectville. 
and we're back one more time. We're talking about everybody else in the AFC East other than the Miami Dolphins right here on Welcome to Perfectville, a Miami Dolphins podcast, of course. So, so far, Chris, we've talked about the New England Patriots and how they've just spent money like a whore in church trying to get back to where they were back when Tom Brady was their quarterback. And then you have the Buffalo Bills who said, we don't really need to spend any money because we're 13 and three and we have everybody wrapped up and everybody's basically saying that we're the favorites other than the Kansas City Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. So you have two teams on the rise, if you can believe that, or staying at the top of the mountain that the Miami Dolphins already have to contend with, which is why I'm so happy that the New York football Jets are in this division because at some point we needed a little bit of good news after the two scary movies that you and I just laid out for the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills because if nothing else, if everything else caters or craters for the Miami Dolphins in 2021, at least we won't be in last place because that is reserved for the New York Jets. Two and 14 last year, Chris. And this is how bad the Jets were. They were so bad that even at two and 14, they somehow lost the ability to get Trevor Lawrence, the once in a lifetime generational quarterback who's going to be starting games for Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were just good enough to blow it yet again. The most Jets thing ever. They have the number two pick in the draft. Uh, they had a pretty active offseason here, Chris. I want you to make heads and tails of what we've seen from the New York Jets. Number one, um, they seem to be getting smarter because they fired Adam Gase. So number one, that was like, damn it. I thought they were going to hopefully keep him for one more season. So they get rid of Adam Gase and they bring in Robert Saleh. Saleh? Saleh. I don't know how to say his name, but he came. Saleh. Saleh, yeah. He came from the defensive coordinator position for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, pretty much known as a leader of men. Sound familiar, Doll fans? They're taking the formula that we had with Brian Flores and saying, we don't need an X's and O's guy. We need a culture shift, a culture shock. We need somebody who can come in here and tell everybody, this is what's expected of you. I think it's actually a great hire, in my opinion. Um, and they also pulled some of the offensive coordinators and talent away from the um, uh, San Francisco 49ers to help them on the offensive side of the ball. Speaking of the offensive side of the ball, let's take a look at some of these offseason moves here, Chris. Corey Davis goes from the Tennessee Titans to the New York Jets. Tennessee Titans actually had a little bit of a um, – of, uh, of an exodus from their offensive side of the ball here. Uh, but I guess as long as they have Derrick Henry, it doesn't really matter if Jonu <laughs> Smith or Corey Davis or me or you are, uh, are there. Uh, Keelan Cole, a very, in my opinion, underrated wide receiver coming from the Jacksonville Jaguars up to the New York Jets. Um, but probably the biggest thing here, Chris, the biggest news other than them having a new head coach was the fact that they traded not too long ago, Sam Darnold, uh, their former starting quarterback, I think number three overall out of USC, the, the supposed savior a couple of years ago, they've traded him to the Carolina Panthers um, for not much in return. Uh, they're heading into the season uh, and heading into the draft with the number two overall pick, most likely picking a quarterback with that pick. Uh, but those are the big news, uh, the big the big moves for the New York Jets, especially on offense. New head coach, uh, Corey Davis, Keelan Cole from the wide receivers coming over there and uh, trading Sam Darnold and hitting the reset button, Chris. What do you make of the New York Jets in their season as, as well as their offseason? Well, their season sucked, and it was great for us because, like you said, they choked. As a guy who has a son who's a gigantic Clemson fan, I watch a lot of Trevor Lawrence, and I swear to God, by week five, I was like, fuck, we're going to have to watch this guy two times a year every year. Like, he is that good. Jacksonville will be good sooner rather than later i'm saying that right now he is that talented he's unbelievable he can run he can throw and then the jets had one job they just had to lose enough games to, to get him and they lost two valiant effort my friends <laughs> you still missed out now you get a mormon from brigham young university <laughs> named zach wilson who lost to coastal carolina last year <laughs> like that's your you went from Trevor Lawrence to a guy that played one good season and wears a headband and like looks like he's wearing makeup. Like if you watch this pro day, oh my God, if there's any New York Jet fans, please God tweet me at Chris five six one Chris C five six one on Twitter. Please let's start this argument in this debate. If there's one Jet fan that's excited about this, shut the fuck up. You guys are losers. You lost out on Trevor Lawrence. He's Peyton Manning that could run. 
you missed out on him because you won one extra game. And now you got Zach Wilson. Wow. Hey, holy generic name, Batman. Good for you. Your season sucks. He's not going to be great. You have a 30 draft picks in the next two years, but guess what? Doesn't matter. You hired Todd Bowles 2.0 and uh, you're going to be done and sucking for another five to 10 years. Sam Darnold. If anybody, if anybody, Sam, could put on film what it's like to be a Dolphins fan and hate the New York Jets. <laughs> Did you see Sam Darnold publicly celebrating getting out of New York, New Jersey in that franchise? They had black, silver, and blue balloons around his house, a party of people cheering, and he was absolutely drop dead thrilled to be gone to go to a four to five win team in charlotte just to get the fuck out of the jets franchise oh my god that is film of how we feel of how much we hate the new jersey armpit jets I don't know what else I can add there. I mean, that was almost 15 minutes of you ranting on the Jets, and it was beautiful. It was like poetry. It was like Tupac in his prime right there. I mean, I think the best tweet I saw about Zach Wilson was the fact that Zach Wilson looks like the actor that Disney would pick to play Zach Wilson in a movie about Zach Wilson. Like, that's what he looks like. And when you look at the photo of him, you're like, yes, he looks like every single Disney actor that ever grew up as a, you know, a Mouseketeer and everything else. And you know what? He's now going to be, I mean, the starting quarterback for the New York Jets does not appeal to too many people. Um, it certainly didn't appeal to Sam Darnold, to your point. Yes, I did see that video. And you've never seen a man happier. I mean, he he's not going to smile that much the next time a child is born that bears his name. Like, he's not going to be that happy. Uh, like he was to be traded away from the New York Jets and to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, like I said, I've never seen anybody so happy in all my life to get fired. <laughs> That's essentially what happened. You're fired. Your services are no longer needed here, Mr. Donald. He's like, cha-ching. Thank yeah. you very much. Shots all around. Get me on the plane. Get me the hell out of here. Um, and we'll see what happens, too. I mean, I, I am very curious if the New York Jets, because when I look at what they did, I mean, Corey Davis is a veteran. Um, Keelan Cole's, you know, kind of a younger veteran. And when I look at what they did in the offseason, it's a little bit of an identity crisis, which makes sense because they're going through this big rebuilding here. But, you know, they're getting these weapons and they're adding them to the New York Jets offensive, you know, repertoire, if you will. But they have to be going quarterback number two overall. I mean, that's, that's the only play they have. Um, but I'm curious if they had kept Sam Darnold and said, look, Sam Darnold's a young guy, as you've talked about on this podcast. He's younger than other people who have been in the league Joe longer. Burrow. He's younger than uh, Joe, Joe Burrow. Burrow. There you go. He's younger than Joe Burrow. That's what, Sam Darnold is younger than Joe Burrow, and yet they gave up on him. Would they have been better off keeping Sam Darnold and adding talent like, I don't know, a left tackle that could protect him from Oregon or, I don't know, a fucking killer tight end from Florida who seems to be like a once-in-a-generational athletic freak? Would they have been better off going that route and trying to rehab Sam Darnold as opposed to just hitting the reset button altogether and now saying, okay, we are now admitting we have a hole at quarterback and we're going to solve that by creating a hole at quarterback. I mean, I just don't, I don't quite understand the two moves together to me. I don't know. I feel like I would have kept Sam Darnold. You got a new coach, see what he can do with him. I mean, obviously Adam Gase was a problem. Everyone can see that Adam Gase was a freaking problem. He led them to two and 14. And he sabotaged them to the point where they couldn't even get Trevor Lawrence at the end of it. <laughs> but I don't know. I just don't know exactly what they're doing. I think it, it, I think the long-term goal here is to rebuild. So I don't think the New York Jets are going to be much of a threat in 2021, possibly not even 2022. But is Zach Wilson the guy? At this point, it's done, right? They're going to go with a quarterback. Is Zach Wilson the guy, or would you go somewhere else with that number two pick? I might be the guy that everybody laughs at like for freezing cold takes is going to come back and snip this part of the podcast in five years. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to call it right now. Zach Wilson has talent. Like he's fun to watch. He, he does the whole new thing. Everybody's doing. They're throwing it sidearm and he can throw it on the run there. <laughs> the end of Sam, I can't stop laughing. When we talk about the jets, I was puking talking about new England and Buffalo. Here I am 
a giggly goober, I'll call it, for the New York Jets every time I talk about him. The NFL Network. I'm working from home now. Everybody knows by now. I'm working from home, so I have the NFL Network on, like on mute in the background. I can just kind of glance up. And once NFL Now starts at 1 o'clock, it's a repeat every hour. And when Zach Wilson did his pro day, Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah and Tom Pelissero are all sitting there breaking down this incredible throw by Zach Wilson in shorts with just nothing but Mormons around him clapping as he rolled to the left and threw it to the right and hit this receiver, not being covered by a corner with no safety over the top. And everybody went, Holy fucking shit. What a throw. Oh my God. And then someone on Twitter went, Oh, you mean like this throw? And it was Sam Darnold (laughs) in a game in the national football league, rolling left, throwing right, threading the needle and hitting the guy in, in stride for a touchdown. You gave up on a guy that's younger than Joe Burrow when you had the second overall pick. And clearly Adam Gase, just other than Peyton Manning, who's Peyton fucking Manning, doesn't do well with quarterbacks, even though he's a QB whisperer. Look what happened to, I don't know, what's his name again? Ryan Tannehill when he left the Miami Dolphins and went to Tennessee, got out of Adam Gase's, who defended him and completely loved him. Look at Jay Cutler. We give him a one-year deal. He comes in smoking Marlboros and is just terrible. But that's his guy. Adam Gase is a great coach. You're not going to give Sam Darnold a chance with someone else who's younger than Joe Burrow when you could pick Pitts or pick Chase or, God forbid, trade down to – seven to the lions or somebody and get the king's ransom for number two overall instead instead and here i am i'm giggling the new york jets trade a 23 year old quarterback who played exceptionally well at usc in the pack 12 in college and they're, they're basically trading him for a second round pick and a guy that lost to coastal carolina that had one good year and was fighting before the season started for the starting job at BYU, he beat Utah State, the Utah Utes, probably the Hawaii Fighting Rainbows, and you're going to trade Sam Darnold with NFL experience for that when you could just add around him. And then, Sam, icing on the cake before I pass it over to you, my friend. There's a guy, I don't know how, you know, ver- he's verified on Twitter. I don't know how, you know, accurate this is. But I'm gonna I'm gonna err on the side of it's accurate. It's the New York Jets we're talking about. The rumor is the 49ers offered a first round pick for Sam Darnold in the offseason before the season started. And the Jets said no. <laughs> and then they traded him for a bag of chips and a second next year to the Carolina Panthers. God fuck the Jets. Fuck you. And to your point, um, Zach Wilson will be celebrating a birthday before the season even starts, so he'll be even that much older. He's 22. uh, He will be 22, and currently Sam Darnold is 23. So uh, when I start to look at this, their age, yes, Sam Darnold is older, but not that much more. I think Sam Darnold will actually turn 24 before the season as well. But you're talking about a two-year age difference with a guy who was just, I think, a better prospect coming out of college than Zach Wilson ever will be. Um, And to your point, you know, like you said, the throws that Zach Wilson can make are the same throws that Sam Darnold can make. Furthermore, I don't know if I want my quarterback rolling to the left and throwing to the right in the pros. That usually means an outside linebacker is picking that off and going the opposite way. Like that's not the throw you necessarily want your young quarterback uh, to be making that, you know, I, I understand they're looking at the arm strength and this and the ball speed and all that fun stuff, but that's not the throw. If, if that's what the New York jets are going to have him do, then I'm already going to say the Miami Dolphins will have a minimum two wins themselves next season because that's not what you want to do against the Miami Dolphins defense, a Buffalo Bills defense, or a revamped New England Patriots defense. Uh, the New York Jets have a lot of holes. I mean, outside of the quarterback position, we talked about where they could have gone um, with that with that draft pick at number two or if they traded back, but uh, where else could they possibly go? Let's just say for some reason they decide that they're not going to go quarterback. What would they do with that number two pick? Well, if they didn't go quarterback, if they're smart, they'd get some fucking talent on their team and they'd go Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts. Uh, but they're not. They're going to go Kyle Wilson. Um, Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Wilson. Yeah, Kyle Pitts. Yeah, yeah, Zach Wilson. That's only my son's name. I should know that. Uh, Zach. <laughs> but yeah, they're going to go Zach Wilson. That's like, I think even, you know, all these guys coming out and all the, uh, the channels that it's a 
done deal. That's why the 49ers are going to Fields Pro Day, Lance's Pro Day. They know Wilson is is good as picked. Um, they're going to go Zach Wilson. He's going to come out. He'll make some throws. He'll make some plays. And he's going to be completely and utterly out of his element when he plays NFL defenses. Somebody was talking about the NFL Network. This guy has played the Utah Utes, Utah State, and a couple other teams. Time's up. Uh, so I'll end it with this. Zach Wilson, you're going to line up against J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney, um, superstar football players that you've never seen before in high school or college, and you're the number two overall pick in New York in that market. Have fun, my friend. I'm sure you'll succeed greatly. I look forward to the Miami Dolphins playing the New York Jets two times next season, whether it be Zach Wilson or anybody else playing for the Jets. They have some growing pains. Yes, they do. Uh, when it comes to the New Jersey, New York Jets. Uh, but there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, 45 minutes on the Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots, and, of course, the New York Jets. Everybody in the AFC East, you now know who they added, who they lost, where they possibly could be going in the draft, who scares us, who doesn't scare us. Now you know everybody. You know thine enemy, ladies and gentlemen, citizens of Perfectville, of the Miami Dolphins. Um that's all I really have to say here, Chris. I do have one last thing that I do want to talk about before we get out of here. But before we move away from the AFC East and into some business when it comes to welcome to Perfectville, uh, anything else you want to say to those teams, about those teams, or for those teams? Nope. Hope to never talk about them again. I hope to never talk about them again either. We'll just black out and blank their name every single time we play them during the season going forward. That's how much we hate the Bills, the Jets, and the other ones. Um, all right there, Chris. Well, that this has been a fantastic episode of Welcome to Perfectville. And I do need to, um, unfortunately, end something on a little bit of a downer. Um, as you know, and I think most of the Dolphins Twitterverse knows, uh, we were a part of the Fanatics Network for just about a year. Um, we, we joined that network with um, Brian Burns, who was the co-founder of that network, uh, the Fanatics Network, F-A-N. Uh, he is actually part of the reason why if you watch our video cast or you see the video element when it comes to Welcome to Perfectville, um, he is the reason why that happened. He uh, helped our show out tremendously. He gave us a new way to record our show, which made the, um, the entire production better. Our sound was better. Our turnaround time from editing to posting was better. And I give a lot of that credit to Brian. Um, and unfortunately, Brian passed away. A couple of weeks ago now, or about a week ago, and uh, just very tragic. Um, he had a very young daughter, um, had a lot going on in his life, uh, both good and bad. Um, I talked to Brian not too long ago, and things seemed like they were going the right way for him. He he kind of climbed some mountains on the personal side. Um, so very very sad to hear that. I know you felt the same way when I when I broke the news news to you. Um, and, and really more than anything, I just wanted to take the time to say thank you to Brian and, and to everybody who's listening to this that knows Brian. He's helped our show out tremendously. Um, it was an honor to, to work with him and to, uh, and to hang out with him, even if it was on phone or on Zoom or online, uh, and talk Miami Dolphins and talk life. Um, he and I had a lot in common as it comes to fatherhood, and, um, and, and my heart goes out to his daughter and his family. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, there's a GoFundMe out there for Brian. There's a lot of money that's been um, raised for him and his family. And uh, we'll put a link to it in the body of this podcast as well. So if you guys haven't seen it yet, you have the opportunity. If you've ever listened to the show, or if you've enjoyed the show over the last year, um, please click on it because he's, he's been a big contributor to um, our little show here in the little town of Perfectville. Um, Chris and I had actually left the Fanatics Network I don't know, about a month ago, I talked to Brian about it. He was supportive of our decision. Um, there's some things coming up that Chris and I are excited to tell you about as soon as we can tell you about them. Um, but part of that meant that we had to leave the Fanatics Network in order to make that happen. And uh, I was a little nervous to make that phone call. Brian was super supportive of it and said, man, go do it. I'm so happy for you. And um, we'll talk again soon. Um, unfortunately, we did not. And that was the last conversation I had with Brian. It was a very positive one. Um, and I just wanted to say rest in peace, Brian, we miss you. I know your family misses you. All the fans out there that knew you for the dad joke of the day on Twitter, um, we miss you as well. So Chris, I'll, I'll let you have the last word and then we'll, uh, we'll close up shop. Yeah. You said pre uh, pretty much everything I would like to, um, only met him a few times just on meetings and things like that for our show behind the scenes, but a big fan of his on social media and his show. Um, he's a big fan of the Miami dolphins huge even um and 
seeing the support afterwards made me realize how stupid some of the stuff is that we uh, go back and forth about on social media. Um, we all love this one stupid football team for some God awful reason. And we lost a really big fan in Brian and my heart just breaks for his, his kid. Yeah, no, well said. And, uh, we'll leave it at that. Like we said, if you, if you feel compelled to donate to help him and his, and his family in the future, um, the GoFundMe link is in the body of this, of this podcast, Brian, thank you very much for all your contributions to our show and to the Miami Dolphins fan base. Uh, we really do appreciate it. And, um, I'm going to be thinking about you when the Miami Dolphins are holding up Lombardi trophy in the not too distant future here. So, uh, that being said, it was a lot of fun, Chris. I know we had to end on a little bit of a downer there, but we've got some good things coming up here for our show. Speaking of our show for you, for me, we've got the live stream coming up, which I know Brian would have been all over. Um, I'm looking forward to that in two weeks, not one, but two weeks, as Chris pointed out. And, uh, we've corrected the mistake. Lawrence guy is now on the new England Patriots. John Jenkins is a 31 year old, a senior citizen for the Miami dolphins. My bad citizens of perfect bill. And with that, Chris, um, anything else you'd like to say before we get out of here? Yeah. One more thing. And I hope racing can uh, Photoshop this. You said Emmanuel Sanders was a 74 year old receiver. Can somebody please God Photoshop tennis balls on the bottom of cleats? <laughs> Asking you shall ball. receive. It'll be there. I guarantee it'll be there. So on behalf of, Sam Marku and the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer, Marv Levy, a.k.a. Chris Cullen. God damn it. Only thing left to say is goodbye from Perfectville. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.